0: Welcome to the latest edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein, managing editor at justbaseball.com. We got Elijah Evans here, one of our writers who covers the AL Central for us. And it's a very simple question today. Uh, are there any teams in this division that are actually good? AL Central, you got the twins atop, and uh, you got four teams uh, all together that are in it still because everyone's kind of bad yep. but pretty pretty fair i mean that that that's we, we could just end the podcast there the royals are terrible um and i i literally today went canvas the league like i do at the start of each week trying to find stories on these teams and i think the best i came up with michael lorenzen kind of good in detroit right
1: yeah Michael Renzen's good. Yeah, he looks good. That's a, that is a story. Uh, It's, it's, it exists. It's there, but uh, yeah, it's, there's not a lot to talk about right now. It's a, it's a division where, you know, it, I originally thought at the beginning of the year, we were going to see three teams that were at least all competitive with the White Sox, the Guardians and the Twins. Um, And I was hoping, you know, it was going to be more of a three-team battle. This is more of a four-team try not to suck. Um, and it's, it's just how the division has shaken out this year. And it's a, uh, it's unfortunate. It, it, you know, there, there's other external factors like injuries and other such things that are, that are playing a role, but at the same time, everybody deals with injuries. Every division has their injuries and the, these teams just, just aren't very good in, in different ways, but uh, in some similar ways, and it's just, that's how it's been this year.
0: When I, I look at each team having a couple of pitchers that are doing well, I am actually almost curious. Like, is Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, you know, pitching to a two-one-three ERA because he's facing AL Central lineups? Like, is, yeah. that, is, is that something that could be happening too here? Where, because it just seems like like you you try to find kind of the positive offensive stories um, on these teams, and there's just not a lot of players who are standing out in this division offensively, except for you know maybe a Robert for for the White sides. I guess there's a couple, but doesn't right. seem like there's a lot of, you know, if you're looking at all-star position players in this division, you know, where are you looking?
1: Yeah, there's, there's not many. Um, there's definitely not many. I think there's, you know, you look on some of the top rosters more. Um, there's a few players on each team. I think, you know, Riley Green just went out with an injury, which we talked about, but it's a, uh, it he was looking really good he kind of was taking that next step to being like a true mlb caliber player you know he showed signs of it we always thought he was going to be good he kind of has evolved into like a true quality outfielder in the league this year um he's definitely been the best overall offensive player on the tigers you look at the white Sox, as you said luis robert is you know as inconsistent as he can be, he is incredibly talented. He's hitting a lot of homers this year. He's he's driving the ball really hard. Um, you know, his rates are up there with the best of the league. So he's been good. You know, the White Sox, Jake Berger. Uh, most people don't know who Jake Berger is probably, but Jake Berger has been really good. He's the second best hitter on the White Sox by pretty much. He's actually probably better than Robert in some metrics, but I, I'd put him as the second best hitter on the White Sox this season. Uh, beyond that, there's not much there. You look at Cleveland, you know, Jose Ramirez for his standards is having a down season, but he's always going to be Jose Ramirez. As I have no question about him being good. And then you look at Minnesota and probably Joey Gallo, maybe, um, who's – I mean, he's been hurt twice on the 10-day IL, so it's hard to gauge kind of exactly where he's at, but he's been good when he's been on the field. So that's – it's just a – yeah, the offenses all around are just not good.
0: And each team you could kind of point to specific players that have either dealt with injury or just kind of shockingly good. bad performance. You know, Cleveland, Andres Jimenez, uh, an article I think I might be writing this week is – he might be kind of the case against the pre-arb extension because he had a bad 2021. He was incredible last year, looking like a top five second baseman in baseball. I think we might even have him in the top three. Uh, And then now all of a sudden he looks like the 2021 Jimenez again. Uh, So you have that, you have Josh Bell, a couple other guys underperforming there go to Minnesota. You know, you haven't seen the Buxton uh, of old, even though he's been healthy, and you haven't seen Korea nearly enough, so so there's you know some signs to point to there. You know Detroit didn't really have a, a bunch to start with. Chicago, like where's Tim Anderson at? And some of these other players. So it player. just seems like kind of stars across the board just haven't been living up to you know the back of the baseball cards. And if they they do,
1: maybe we get a much more exciting race over the final two thirds of the season. Right, I, I think there's potential for that, and you know the, these teams. It's not like there's not talent, especially. I mean Detroit, I. I don't see Detroit sticking in this race just because they, they seem to be at least a year or two off. You know, they've had some guys that have stepped up and they've had some role players like Zach McKinstry and Zach Short that have, you know, been good. Um, but I, I don't really see Detroit's talent level being able to maintain with the other three teams as much as the other teams have been bad. I am not sure Detroit sticks around, but I, I can see a world where any of Chicago, Cleveland and Minnesota get hot and they they turn on a spark and they they look good. I mean, the White Sox have been the best team in the division since May, which is weird um, and they don't look good, uh, but I they they've been better than everybody else in the last few weeks at least and minnesota was by far better in april than everybody in the division and cleveland won the division last year and you know cleveland's pitching is is really good i mean it's, it's just it's crazy to see a team like cleveland struggle so much when you look at the rotation they're putting out there and then you add interest in mckenzie who came back yesterday or two days ago and was phenomenal so i mean that that team you know their pitching can get them on a roll they just need some offense i mean they have Cleveland only has two players with a WRC plus over 100, which means they have two players that are at least league average or better. And it's Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez who have WRC pluses of 101 and 102. So you have two guys that are even above the league average, and they're both basically league average. So, I mean, that lineup needs something. They have nothing going for them. But I can see a world where any of those three teams. Get a little hot, they get going. They they have a nice little easy patch of a schedule here and there somewhere in the summer, and and they kind of coast and they take take control of the division. But it hasn't happened yet. It's like where? Why is this not happening? I mean, we've we've for two months now, Minnesota has had the opportunity to take over the division. Cleveland has been really bad on offense. The White Sox have been a mess in every department up until the last few weeks, and they just haven't taken off. And it's just like where where is that moment where one of these teams shows that they are actually. A relevant competitive team because it it hasn't happened yet, and I and I I still think Minnesota is going to take a step like that eventually, just because I like the roster as it's constructed right now more than the others. But I it just nobody's taking that step right now.
0: <clears throat> well, I think what Minnesota has that these others don't is the the depth of quality starting pitching. Um, now granted, the Guardians do too, but I don't know if Shane Bieber. Is on this team. I I feel like we're barreling very, very quickly into Shane Bieber is the top arm available on the market and they're going to deal him. I think that's what's going to happen because ultimately, Erod is pitching like the best arm that should be available. But, you know, Bieber's track record as a former Cy Young might hold more weight. Not to mention, Erod has an opt out, Bieber has an additional year. So, uh, I think it actually might be two years beyond this season, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's only one beyond this year. I could be wrong. Is it? Uh, yeah, if you could check that for me. I don't know if it's 2024, 2025. Uh, regardless, he's definitely under control past this season. So teams who would be dealing for him get a little bit more. And I feel like in recent years, having that extra year, like Luis Castillo, um, Frankie Montes, like that actually seems to to be a, a, a trade target That that kind of
1: right. – grabs a little more. So yeah, Bieber's got one more year. So he's got one more year more of arbitration. Course. He should be looking at somewhere basically at 10 million this year in arbitration. So he should be looking somewhere at the 15 to 18 million, which for Shane Bieber is not anything crazy, but for the
0: guardians, it, it can be for the guardians. Right. Yes. When, 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 right. you know, you, you have a team that still looks around and sees a lot of young pitching. You think, well, here's a guy who's had a big velo drop the last couple of years. Isn't even pitching at, you know, his former peak anyway, who you can trade now with control in a in a market that doesn't have a lot of starting pitching, where you know teams might just you know be more inclined to say, all right, change the scenery, bring him over, yeah. he could be that ace again. That's where I see the Guardians potentially falling out of this a little bit. Um, now, yeah,
1: I I don't know. The thing with the Guardians is I don't know if that means falling out for them. It, that's it's, what I was about. They're to a weird to me, yeah. team. Yeah, go ahead. No, but well, what are your thoughts on that? Well,
0: well, that's my thing. so I I could see them like they're the team that. That makes that move has been hanging around five hundred for some reason. They they just turn it on yeah. in the second half. That, that's what they, they. I I think the Guardians are the team in this division that if the the Twins or the White Sox don't grab it, uh, the Guardians yeah. with a good manager might find their way again stealing it. But that's exactly right. At the same time, I feel like just looking at baseball logic. If you say, here's what we've seen this season with the Guardians. Their their you know most dependable veteran starter could be out the door, and then you look at what still might be around in in Chicago and Minnesota. Those are the two teams that like on paper should contend for this division this year, right? But we've seen the recent. Yeah, history teams. it's
1: it's tricky. But I, like you said with Cleveland, I mean, with their situation is so unique because. Unlike Chicago and Minnesota, Minnesota has depth of quality arms and consistent arms. Cleveland has depth of stud prospect arms. We've already seen Tanner Bybee come up. We've already seen Logan Allen come up, and they've both been successful. You trade Shane Bieber, oh, no big deal. You have Gavin Williams with a one nine three RA between double A AA and triple A coming up and probably shoving. He's a terrific pitcher. He's top 50 prospect for just baseball. I mean, he is really good. Um, so it's, it, that's the issue. If you, if you can find a way, I know Peter and arm talked about this on the just baseball show, and it's, it's tricky to figure out what a trade would look like here, but if you can find a way to turn Shane Bieber into hitting and replace him with your 20 year old stud pitching prospect, that's not the worst case scenario, and I I know it's like yes you're moving off of a guy who's one a Cy Young he's been in the face of your rotation for a while, but there's a world where it makes the Guardians better in the short term, and there's also a world where it's not and they punt and it become it's just you know Beaver for prospects straight up and you just you know you hope Gavin Williams fills his spot and that's it and that's that's the move. Yeah, but I I can see them taking that step. I can also see as much as I don't agree with it and I hope it doesn't happen. I can see a world where the White Sox buy it, it's. It doesn't seem logical, and I don't believe in this core right now as a White Sox fan, and I've been out on them for this whole season for the most part, but there's a situation where this team is desperate enough and they want to win based on, you know, the expectations set a few years ago from this rebuild. And 2021, they showed they were – they looked like a top – seven, eight team in baseball for the entire season in 2021, despite injuries, despite Tony La Russa managing. I mean, there was a lot of factors and they were still good. So I, it's only two years ago, the White Sox were in that position. So I can see a world where they say, you know what, we're just going to buy. We we don't think we're going to get that much at the deadline for a lot of our pieces. I mean, if you look at the pieces, the White Sox could realistically trade right now. It, it's really, I mean... Maybe cease, obviously. But in terms of the guys that are more like the obvious trade candidates, the only one you're really getting much for right now is Gialito, which is crazy to say considering how he pitched last year. But he's been good this year, and the starting pitching market is really thin. So if that's your only piece you're really getting much for, you're getting two decent prospects from somebody for the rest of the rental for Gialito. If that's the only trade value you're going to get, there's a world where they buy. I mean, the White Sox have a few. I, I don't know if it would be smart. I don't think it would work very well, but if you're only a few games back in the division and nobody's taking control of this division in July, they're, they're, this team is still talented enough to win the division. I think, I think on paper, the White Sox, the White Sox, if, if Dylan Cease is starting to show he's back in form right now, and Giolito has been good. Kopech has been phenomenal the last month of the season. Lance Lynn is something else, but besides the point, um, if, if those guys are in form and you add a few pieces, there's a world where the White Sox take over the division, um, so it's it's just it's just a, a mess. I mean, it really is. <laughs> I feel like with both
0: the Guardians and the and the White Sox, you're kind of caught in the middle of you know it's it's about getting the right couple pieces and trying to go on a little bit of a run. Whereas with the Twins, because they have Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Pablo yep. Lopez, all it takes is Correa and Buxton being healthy and playing like Correa and Buxton. Yeah. And they could take off. And I feel like that's why, you know, because of the pitching they have, that's why they're in front in this division. And because of that fact, I feel like they have still the best chance to ultimately run away with this thing. Uh, but they just still have not shown it up to this point.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, as you said, I mean, it's, they should be running away. That that's when you look yeah. at it straight up. I mean, the Guardians are one of the bottom three offenses in all of baseball. Their their offensive numbers are at the same level as the A's and the Royals. Like it's that bad. And the White Sox are just not good overall. I mean, the White Sox have had moments of good, but no, no facet of the White Sox is like, oh, that's a good, that's a strength of the team. There, there's really not. There's not a place to get other than Luis Robert, whatever he's hitting in the lineup, and Jake Berger every other day. You're you're not looking at the team and saying this is a good team. I mean, lately it's every time Kopech starts, which is exciting to see is for the future. But you know, there's not a strength of the White Sox. And the Guardians, yes, there's a strength of pitching, but the offense is so bad. Meanwhile, Minnesota, again, if if you get gallo buxton and correa healthy and performing that's a team that should win this division and you factor in they have a few other guys i mean they can start calling up they could bring back up edward julian who was impressive at times you know kirloff's been solid jorge polanco was hurt a lot of the year but has looked good when he's been on the field so it's they have depth in their lineup they have the big three starting pitchers like you mentioned they have some pitching depth enough to keep them going they have a closer who throws the junkiest pitches I've ever seen in my life that those pitches should not exist that Duran throws. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's a team that should win the division, but do I really believe in the twins to make ads at the deadline to push them over the top? I don't know. I mean, they, they haven't, they, yeah, they got Mally last year and they've, they've done some things here and there, but it's like, I, I don't know if they're going to push all in for a team like this and in a league where, you know, what is, what is the winner of this division getting? A matchup with the Astros or the Rays where they get absolutely demolished in the first round, I mean, right? It's it. Yeah, maybe they beat a wild card team, maybe, but the wild card teams are Baltimore, New York, Seattle, Texas, Houston. I mean, those are the types of teams you're facing in the wild card, and those are all better teams than any of these teams. So it's like, what is the as much as it's hard to, it's hard to phrase things like this from a team's perspective, obviously you have to try to win your division, but what does the winner of this division get a first round exit? Most likely maybe a second round exit. I, there's no world in my mind where I see either of these, any of these teams making a significant run in the playoffs. It's in the American considering how good the American league East and West have been this year. It's just, there's just not a lot to play for. And it's like, it's, I don't, I feel like it's a it's a poor long term decision for any of these teams. Maybe the Twins are the most logical just because of their current situation. I don't think any of these teams should really be going all in on this season.
0: Yeah, I think be, because of that fact, it, it gets me back to the Guardians um, as like this weird team that could go on a run. Uh, right. the, the White Sox, as you know, yes, that you know maybe they're they're the one dumb enough to push chips into the table right. and it works out for them. And then the, the twins as just a team that even if they do nothing should make it out of this division. Um, Yeah. And and it's it's the Tigers would have
1: to be some Cinderella story that we can't foresee. I mean, who knows? You never know with the Tigers. I honestly, the, the division is bad enough where there is a possibility that that happens. I don't think it happens as I said earlier, but who knows if Riley green comes back in a month and he's raking and Torkelson has looked better the last few weeks than he had earlier, he's starting to put it together a little bit. And I mean, I don't know. There's crazier things that have happened considering how rough this division is. <laughs> well,
0: on uh, June 6th, let's close that out here. I'm asking for a prediction now. Who wins this division,
1: 2023? I, I, yeah, I, I have to go Minnesota. I, yeah. I really want to say Cleveland because I think Cleveland has like we saw last year, they have the it factor that if they get going, they will get going. And we saw them last year. They weren't winning this division earlier in the year last year. And they, for, for part of the year and they, you know, the last two, three months of the season, last season, they completely took over and just ran the ship. Uh, So I want to say Cleveland, I think they keep it close, but just because of how atrocious their offense has been, I have to say Minnesota uh, just because I think, they're, they're there. But I, again, I don't think this is going to be a race that's over anytime soon. I think we're going to see these teams continue to battle each other for mediocrity for the next you know few months. And I think if I had to put you know numbers on it, I think the Twins win. I think Cleveland finishes two, three back. I think the White Sox finish four five back. I don't think it's a it's a I think it's a tight division all the way, honestly. But uh, I think I think Minnesota will will eventually get it done because they are the more well-rounded team of the three
0: give me Kansas City uh that's going to be all yeah for, there you go for this edition foods better baseball uh make sure you check out all the written content we come coming at we got coming at just baseball.com uh and uh subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.